right, welcome back, everybody. Here we are in the Green Room podcast. I don't know what podcast number this is, 30-something. We're here at the Detroit News. My name is Matt Sharpino, of course. Uh, we had last week off as we're dealing with the scheduling issues. But um, as we said, we're trying to keep this thing going. Uh, and when we get some good guests, uh, we want to do it. And I think today's guest probably qualifies as a good guest. Uh, one of my favorites, favorites ever to work with in this business, a guy who's kind enough to give us some time, uh, MSU basketball coach Tom Izzo. Thank, thanks for joining us, sir. Thanks for having me, Matt. Well, now, now the people on the podcast can't see you, but I can. But it seems like uh, the quarantine's treating you pretty well. How, how's, how's it going? Well, you know, I've been, uh, other than my hair getting long, it's been eight, nine weeks. But uh, other than that, it's been pretty good. You know, I get my workouts in. I'm getting my recruiting stuff semi-done. I'm, I got to say I'm bored. I, you know, did like you did, like everybody does. You know, I've done all my cleaning and probably got to get round two coming up pretty soon. Now that we can get outside, it would really help. You know, the weather's nice. So hopefully I'll do that. Maybe get to my cottage a little bit and start there. Is there anything you're doing around the house like you're like, man, I got to stop doing this because I feel like when I was at home first for a couple of weeks, I was eating like an idiot and whatever. Have you have you had anything where you're like, okay, I got to stop and get on a better routine or anything like that? You know, mine hasn't been bad. My wife keeps me pretty grounded on that. She doesn't let me eat too bad. Um, I do a lot of cooking out, so I guess that's been good. And um, But I, I think in general, it's just – the Groundhog Day stuff, you know, yeah. getting up and trying to find a purpose in each day is what I'm trying to do. And I think probably everybody's trying to do that. And I, I, I said to Loopy the other day, you know, I got to, we got to have something each day that we accomplish. So you feel that when the day's over, you've done something because no matter how much you work in the attic, sometimes you don't even see what you got done. So I'm trying to look at things and say, did I get this accomplished? Like today, it was my deck. Uh, and power washing it. And when it got done, it looked good. Today, I actually took my first round of golf. I went nine holes with my son, Stephen. That was kind of enjoyable. But, um, you know, every day, just try to do something that I feel like I've done something. Yeah. Yeah, that, that can be tough. And I and obviously, the calendar, the schedule, no one, the uncertainty of the time, I feel like, is one of the toughest things to deal with. And, and in on your end when you're dealing with the uncertainty of so many things with, uh, you know, the recruiting and, and a couple guys looking at the NBA draft and all those dates and everything just kind of being up in the air. Um, how much more difficult has it made doing your job in terms of those things? Not just that uncertainty of not knowing when everything needs to be done by and kind of where you're going. Yeah, I think you bring up a good point. You know, I, I, I've been on so many committees again and we're trying to figure out what the NBA is doing and, college is going to do you know what players are going to do I'm sure everything's going to be pushed back some um, and that just makes it more more confusing for everybody I had a good talk with Xavier yesterday you know and I mean I almost feel for those kids they don't know what's going on is there even going to be a combine it's probably not but now could there be one in August could it be in September you know does anybody really know so I think everybody's just in this state of flux. And uh, I think that is the hardest thing. There, There's nobody that's going to give us correct answers. And, uh, you know, I've even tried to watch how this whole pandemic is going. And, uh, you know, I, I some things disappoint me that I've seen happen up here. And 
or everywhere. And some things I kind of agree with, you know, on some of it. But I know this, um, times are awfully tough for a lot of people, a lot of people, colleges, people in general. But uh, I'd rather have tough times and be alive than the other way around. Yeah. Well, I feel you there. I, I feel like when I see people debating the side, it's like I, I get a lot of viewpoints on this. I get wanting to be really safe and cautious and, and, and being that way. I get wanting to get back to work. I understand how it is important it is for people. So these, there's no perfect answers to this. And I think that's probably the toughest thing about this. That's the way I feel about it. I don't know. I'm in the same boat. You know, there are no perfect answers. But I know one thing. I don't feel like listening to anybody except the medical people. I'm yeah. definitely not listening to myself. There's, it's a political world out there. I just want to listen to the medical people and hope to God that they have, you know, no agendas, not race, not color, and you know, not, not gender, not political parties. I just want them to somehow do what's best for everybody. And it would be kind of unique if we all got on the same team for one time. And, uh, you know, we're going to find out if that can happen or not. It would be nice. I I'm with you there. Well, um, let's talk a little bit about basketball as much as we can here. Um, even though things are uncertain, obviously there's, there's a couple big things for your team coming up. And you mentioned Xavier. Um, I think Xavier's decision probably obviously was the biggest one out there. Obviously Aaron Henry's also put his name in the draft, but, um, it, it, it's got to be tough for him too, being in this situation, not knowing all these times, but I've always felt like most guys, you know, either, yes, they should go or no, they should stay. I feel like with Xavier Tillman, there's a guy, you could make a really good argument either way for him to, to stay or go. How well, the problem, yeah. the problem is I, I always say this um, when you're somewhat on the bubble or whatever, yeah. uh, I don't care if you're Aaron, if you're him, if you're, Isaiah Livers, if it's John Doe, if it's people from different schools. Um, the one thing is the NBA makes the decision. Right. I don't. Xavier doesn't. You know, that's the problem. And I think we're in a problem right now where, number, number one, it's hard for them without a combine. But they've seen these kids all year long. You know, with all these new rules coming out and the G League, and it's hard to say what people are looking for, you know. Um, I get a lot of answers from a, a lot of people and none of them make a lot of sense to me, but I think in, I think Xavier will make the most educated, uh, decision you could make, but I think you're right. I don't know what that is right now. Meaning not whether he stays or goes, I don't know how he figures out what the most educated decision is. Yeah. And for that, I feel bad for him, but I, I do think the NBA has clouded some things. You know, there's uh, with the G League stuff and that, you know, that seems enticing, especially when it first happened. Now there's only three or four guys that have jumped on that. So I, I think kids are confused. But whether I talk to Steve Smith or Patin or, you know, Magic or, you know, the one thing that comes is college is a pretty good situation. Mm -hmm. And uh, there's nowhere like college as far as, getting a lot of things. Um, you know, you look at college games compared to G League games, you look at the importance of them, you look at facilities, you look at all those things. And I think we've downgraded, we've downplayed both what college can give 
and we're really downplaying what an education means. And it's, it, it's, it's criminal that we devalued that. Now, Xavier's case, he's going to graduate. Yeah. There's no problem there. He's done a hell of a job. But I just, I, I kind of feel bad that um, everybody's painting different pictures out there. I'm for whatever my guys want to do. I really am. I just want them to do the right thing that's going to get them um, not a cup of coffee, but a career. And mm-hmm. I talked to my former guys and guys that have been through it. But the common denominator is when you go, you better be ready to go because mm-hmm. you don't get many second chances there. You know, in college, you get hurt, you can come back. You want a red shirt, you can. Pro ball, you don't get to do those things. Would you like for them, I know like Harbaugh brought it up last week with football and it. Would you like if guys got went in the draft and didn't get drafted, but would be able to come back? I know it creates issues for college coaches in terms of rosters and all that, you know, knowing how many openings. Is that – something that you think would be a good idea that they'd have that option? I was shocked that he brought that up. I was really shocked that he wants freshmen in football. I mean, I think football's had the greatest situation you could have for the kids. There's no pressure on them. They get to enjoy some of their college days and they still get the chance to go in the pros, but you know, everybody's got their own opinion. I think most coaches in basketball, you know, feel this has been very difficult on players and, can you have them go through the draft and come back? Well, first of all, I don't know if the NBA like that because they become free agents the minute they didn't get drafted. They seem to carry most of the cards in this deal. But second of all, can you imagine if you had three, four kids on your roster and you don't know until June, July, uh, what's going on? I don't know how feasible that is. Um, you know, it's, it's – um, I think we're doing a lot of work for a very, very, very few number of kids. That's the problem, you know. I mean, we have almost 200 kids, uh, underclassmen entering the draft, you know. I still only count 30 teams. I still only count 60 spots. Of those 60, most people tell you if you're not in the top 40, it's not good. Of those top 40, there's going to be some European kids. I just don't see where all these kids are in there, uh, you know. But if there's something I don't know, God bless them. Yeah, that – it doesn't seem to make much sense to me. And the G League thing I get, too, it's funny. I talked to – I don't remember we talked about this. When I, I caught up with Nick Nick Ward in, I don't know, it was January, whatever, and, you know, he's playing in the G League. And he, he said it was – he had a good where they're at in Atlanta. But, you know, he's like, hey, I came from Michigan State where things were pretty good. You know, he's like, so it's <laughs> – you know, it wasn't exactly easy. You A lot of times guys are coming into these G League teams and they, they're not – they don't have it as good as they used to have it in college. And that's – I don't know if everyone- I don't think a lot of times. I think all the time. Yeah. You know, I mean, uh, as as some guy said to me, if you're at a BCS school, um, you know, it's going down. Now, if you think that can help you get to the NBA quicker, hey, God bless them. Yeah. You know, but um, you know, everybody's got their own opinion, and I'm I'm uh, I've decided not to be opinionated on anything anymore, which sounds like a cop out, but. I want what's best for the players. I just want to know, does everybody else want what's best for the players? Right. Uh, Because um, college is a business, but NBA, NFL, Major League Baseball is a big business. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, in college, if a guy doesn't make it or things go wrong, you know, it hurts you, the college coach, the university he's at. In pro ball, that doesn't matter. 
you know, I just move on to the next guy. So, you know, I've heard so many things about, you know, the G League's good, the G League's not. Hey, if kids would rather be in the G League, you know, I, I think it was Jay Wright that said it best. Guys want to go, they should go. But I hope we keep track of the numbers and what's happening to these kids because um, I feel for them. I, I really do. I, I, I don't think it's as good a situation as it seems. Yeah. And I know, obviously, Aaron's, Aaron's you know, inquiring as well. Um, I think it's a rite of passage to put your name in now. I think that's what you're supposed to do. I'm a little mad. You know, I got Steven somewhere behind me here. I can't believe he didn't put his name in. You know, I'm just disappointed. I, I talked to one team that said last year they interviewed 167 underclassmen. Now just think about that. Yeah. Um, Mind-boggling. So, you know, um, but in Aaron's case and somebody else's case, every agent tells me this. Every team tells you this. Um, every person tells you. It only takes one team to like you. Yeah. But it's – it's, you know, what worries me is what happens to these guys while they're doing this. And then in this pandemic era that we're in, it makes it really hard on these guys to try to get evaluated um, and, and make the right decision. I, I, I feel for them. I really do. Where, uh, where do you think um, uh, Josh Langford stands now? I know at the end of the year he said he was a little unsure what he wanted to do. Yeah. You know, I think, I think Matt, in a perfect world, if he could have been healthy uh, early enough and the, to get evaluated by the NBA in that, meaning uh, I think he would like to have started his career, whether it be in Europe or the G. Now Europe might be, who knows where Europe's going to be. Right. And the biggest problem we have is who knows where Josh is going to be. Now, I've seen a resurgence. You know, it was a tough year for him. Mm -hmm. uh, you were around him. I mean, I think he was more down than I, you know, he just wouldn't say it. He was at every meeting, every practice. But that kid was bummed out. At the end of the year, once we got a little word that his foot is getting better, which we don't know everything yet, but I think there was a, a thought in his mind that, boy, maybe I'll never play basketball again. Mm -hmm. And now there's a thought, maybe I will play basketball. So the next couple of, maybe the next month, like he would have gone to New York a couple of weeks ago to meet with the doctor who did the surgery, but nobody's going into New York right now. Right. So we're doing stuff by sending it, which is good. But, you know, I just think Josh is, I think we'll know more in the next month, month and a half by the, you know, by, by hopefully the end of June, we'll have a better idea uh, where he's at and, uh, He's a great kid, as you know. He's been dealt a bad set of cards. There'd be nothing better than if Josh could have some success. If it's here, great. If it's, if it's to go to the G League or something and get his thing started, because I think if he would have had a good year last year, he'd have been a draft pick, no question in my mind. His junior year, I think he would have. So it's still really up in the air. It's too early for me to say, but I do think I've seen a ray of hope that he's feeling better about himself and and that's critical i mean he's for a guy who you know lives eats and sleeps and i mean you've been at practices when he's sitting sitting in a chair shooting yeah uh where he's watching every practice we have six thirty in the morning me and said josh you don't have to come you're not playing <laughs> oh, no, i want to be part of it you know but you got a guy who in, in my three l's of liking it loving it and living it 
he lives it. And uh, so there's nobody that you hope would have more success than I have for Josh Langford. Great kid, great family. He's graduated. Um, you know, hopefully in the next month, we'll have a clear picture on which direction he should go. Yeah. And then that, too, has got to be an issue with knowing what your roster looks like. Because I know you guys are recruiting. And is, are you still trying? And are you, are you still trying to add another guard or another piece or something like that? It or? might be, you know. And uh, this is going to be the norm now. Yeah. So you know, this is going to be the norm. So get used to it. Yeah. Um, roster management is out the window. Nobody's going to have any idea. You know, look at what happened at Purdue. I mean, it just to me, it made me sick. You know, personally. Um, so you know, I think we're just going to have to understand what I hope doesn't happen. And I'm on this committee with John Calipari and a couple people. Pretty soon, are we just going to not use all our scholarships? So we can live in the transfer portal, yeah. And then, and then high school kids aren't going to get scholarships that should get them. You know, that's a worry for me down the road. Um, I think there's a lot of questions to be answered. The NCA is involved. Coaches have really tried to make a stand on some things. Um, I just hope the football and basketball coaches in this country really get together and look at what's best for the players. And you think holding them back. You know how many kids make bad decisions leaving? I mean, we got kids putting their name in that average four points a game, putting their name into the league or the transfer portal and playing 28, 30 minutes a game. That makes no sense to me. Yeah. And the, I, obviously you, we've talked a lot about the transfer rule and I, you know, it's, I don't know if just cause the transfer portal exists, does it, are there actually more kids doing it, or does it just feel like it? Because I, I don't know. It just, well, of course. Of course. The transfer portal might go down as one of the single, to me, insane things. Because, I mean, back when I was started, is there really anything wrong with a kid coming in and saying, Coach, I'm not happy. I want to transfer. You think I can stop a kid from transferring? Of course not. Right. But now he can just go to the portal, doesn't have to talk to anybody. And so you make a decision, you go there. We've had a couple of kids in football then that wanted to come back. Well, you know, because yeah. you make a decision because somebody calls you on the phone and tells you something. You know, the, the cool thing about the Morris Petersons of the world back in my day who wanted to transfer probably every hour he was here his freshman year. And thank God his parents and me and my – you know, and he became one of the all-time success stories because he fought through some of the adversity. If anybody watches the Michael Jordan documentary, it you know, I, I found it comical that people said to me um, when, when he came out in the first one and he said he got cut from his varsity team as a sophomore and all of a sudden, you know me, I don't follow Twitter, but all over Twitter it was, God, he got cut and he didn't transfer. You know, like, what a, what a world, you know, what a cool thing. And uh, I, I just think that, uh, you know, we should be able to sit down. We should be able to talk to kids. Uh, everybody's so delusional because the portal, what it does is you put your name in there and 50 schools are going to call you. You know, it's, it's like I say, you know, um, maybe you date a lot of people, but you wouldn't marry a lot of people. Well, maybe you, you have interest in a lot of players, just like the NBA. How many would draft those players? Well, in the portal, 
yeah, you might have interest in a lot of guys, and then you find out maybe this, that, and that about them, and you necessarily don't want to sign those guys. So I just feel bad for the, the kids. I think adults are making rules that, you know, as I said to you many a times, so why don't we drink at 16? I got some 16-year-olds more mature than some 21-year-olds I've had. Why don't we drive at 12? You know, I got 12-year-olds that are more mature than – I mean, there's rules for reasons, and it's usually to, to protect the kids. And yet we made it like it's the coaches against the kids, and that's sad. Yeah. Yeah, just – I mean, it. I think the idea of transferring without sitting, it just feels like – it feel like free agency to me. I don't know. And I know there's well, – In high school – in high school, you can't transfer and be eligible immediately. In pro ball, there's no free agency until you're there four or five years. Right. But I mean, and now in college, we just want total free agency. If that's what's best for the kids, but just remember, it's a two-way street. So let's say that kids are in the portal and you sign a kid and all of a sudden this great kid is, is, becomes open in August. If we go after him, is that fair to the kid that we signed? Right. So it works both ways, but yeah. nobody looks at it that way. Yeah. I mean, I've seen, that's the, I saw Matt Painter's reaction today too, which. I'm I, sorry, I, I didn't hear you, Matt. Matt Painter's, uh, Matt Painter was on, I think he was on, um, uh, what's his name? Why am I forgetting? Okay, his just show. Yeah, yeah. I saw it. I thought Matt Painter and Dan did an unbelievable job. Uh, it was refreshing to see a coach just, I mean, you don't really, you know, hide your feelings to us. So we're lucky here, but it was nice to see a coach kind of tell it like it is, you know, this is. You're going in and out a little bit. I don't know if I am, if I'm not, that's great. But I, I, I thought the Matt Painter interview was one of the great interviews I've heard lately. Um, he was honest. I, I mean, I, I came away knowing he loves those kids and he thinks they're, they've just made some decisions and they're running from something. And sooner or later, you don't get the run from things, you know, not yeah. you and your job. I sure, let me tell you, there's been times I wanted to run, um, you know, faster than fast, but it's just not what you do. You got to learn how to fight through some things. And there comes a time when every place isn't for everybody. I understand. Sometimes we make mistakes in recruiting. Sometimes a kid picks a school. I've always said if the coach left, the player should be able to leave. But but sometimes it just doesn't work out. So what we're saying to those kids, since there's only been like 19 of in the last eight years that have even gotten drafted in the second round of transfers, it's not really something that the pros look very favorably on. So, you know, I, I just look at it like uh, if he sits out a year, you know what we're doing? We're giving him another free year of education. Shame on us. <laughs> yeah. I hear you. I hear you. Well, I hope I'm not still breaking up. Um, I did want to ask you real quick. I forgot to ask you earlier about Cassius. Um, we did get a chance to talk to him the other day for the first time. Um, his hair is getting a little long. But uh, what, is, have, what are your discussions with him been like? What, what kind of reaction you're getting from NBA guys on him? We, we kind of understand, you know, the concerns and the size and athleticism, all those things. But, but what are you, what's the feedback you're getting on Cassius? You know what? It's been phenomenal. Uh, th th this has been really exciting for me. Um, Cassius as would be no surprise to you because I didn't interview him. 
You know, I just coach him. You interview him. And he is a great interview. And uh, every team that I've talked to has been very high on Cassius. You know, now there's other parts to it, as, as we all know. But I think teams are starting to find out, quit worrying about what he can't do, because he can't dunk doesn't mean he can't play. Right. And start realizing what he can do. Look at his record. Look at what he's done. Look at the efficiency he's done it with. I think Cassius Winston has helped himself a lot through one of the most troublesome years of any human being's life. And he came through that thing about as good as you could come through it and um, proved to me that he has mental toughness beyond just about anybody I've ever coached. And that too will help him at the next level. So I'm, uh, you know, I mean, as we say, there's a million reasons why not to. I got a trillion reasons why too. And nobody's been more demanding of him, but also nobody's kind of sees him in different. The efficiency that that kid shows, the growth he's made, even this year, you know, he got his legs so much stronger. His defense would have been even better than it was. But let's face it, he went through a three-month stretch, you know, November, December, and January, where uh, difficult would be an insane comment. It was it was worse than that. And for him to bounce back and finish like he did, uh, it's just unbelievable. Yeah. Yeah, and I, I know you got to get going real quick. I got. Well, I, I got no. I I got another. Uh, I got yeah. I got five, ten more minutes. Yeah. Well, it's your mother's birthday today, so those are the important things. Ninety four, baby. Yeah. Ninety four. I hope she's staying safe and healthy. I, that's uh, that's awesome. Um, well, I don't think she's going out to the bar tonight. Put it that way. <laughs> Probably not. Uh, I did want to ask you just about next year, real quick. Obviously, there's a lot of. You know, you get Joey Hauser eligible. There's some questions at point guard. Is Rocket going to play there a little bit? Uh, I mean, what y- y- you missed out on what, we're, what a lot of people were really looking forward to at the end of the year. It felt like you guys were really kind of hitting your stride. Um, so I guess just kind of sum up that kind of feeling like you missed a chance, yet trying to look ahead to what next year might bring. Yeah, that's a good way to put it. I mean, I you know – You've been around us for quite a few years. I mean, I, I don't know why, because I don't – I've been here when we were one in the country and got – or two in the country got beat the first weekend. I've been here through a lot of different things. But even me, Dr. Pessimist, glass glass isn't even usually half full. It's usually a quarter full, you know, when I'm thinking about what I'm predicting. But even me, um, I just felt a vibe at the end of the year – I thought we had experience. We were really good defensively. We were really efficient offensively. We were still a good rebounding team. We, you know, Cassius started to, his practices the last month were a lot better. Xavier was playing well. Aaron was playing well. Rocket started to give us some lift. Um, even Malik and guys like that were coming off the bench. You know, Markey did a pretty good job at times. And and then with the experience our staff had, I just thought we had a serious chance to make a run. Mm-hmm. Now, it doesn't mean anything, you know. It, 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 it's not going to. But I, I think it does propel me to this year to say, you know, I'd like to do something to make up for that. Unfortunately, we don't even know where we are right now, you know. And so it's hard to look ahead to anything. Um, i got to figure out who's on my team. 
who's going to be on my team. Uh, I got to figure out when we'll be able to start practicing, you know, what we'll be able to do there. Um, there's a lot of unknowns, Matt. And uh, all I can do is sit here and uh, hope to God everybody stays safe more than anything we do, whether it be my players, whether it be uh, my team, my family, my friends. I, I'm, I'm pulling for everybody to stay safe. I don't care if you're from Michigan or Ohio State or Notre Dame. I, I want everybody to stay safe. That's number one on my list. Number two, I'd like to get back to some normalcy. Um, but what does that mean? Um, it means to do it when, when the medical people say we can do it, not do it on all these whims that are out there. Uh, so that would be number two on my list. And then I'd like to really get down and see if we could coach this team and do some special things this year to help all of us get back on track. Because sports, as crazy as this sounds, the pandemic had been started, you know, the, the, the rumors about over in Europe and some in the United States. And then Rudy Gobert gets it. And of all things, it seemed like a sport shut down the country. Right. Well, let's hope sports at the right time can help bring it back. Not that sports are the most important thing, but let's hope sports can kind of bring it back. Yeah. I'm with you. Well, I'll be ready. I'll be ready when it comes. And uh, thanks for being here. Stay safe. We'll talk to you soon. Yeah.